The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, May 29th, 2019, season 15, episode number 11. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And we're going to make this a habit if we don't get if we don't do something about it, that we actually have all four of our members oh. here on the show for a second week in a row. Good That's thing, right? What's going on? <laughs> it's a good thing, right? We only have a few more shows before we kind of end for the, the little break here that we have before the season. I think we've got... This will be, after today, we'll have two more shows. And then we'll have our little break where we can kind of stop talking about football for a little bit. Break. Huh? Break. Yeah. You see what I did there? You see what I did there? I get it. So uh, so you guys, I hope you guys uh, enjoy this. And uh, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about OTAs. It's the second week for the Cowboys. Um, in a three-week uh, series of OTAs, and then that'll be a, there'll be a mini camp there uh, in the following week, um, and then we'll get into a little talk on Ezekiel Elliott and some of the challenges that he's dealing with right now, and find out from the, these guys how concerned they are uh, that this could turn into something that could affect the Cowboys on the field. But before we do that, I want to do want to talk about the OTAs. Um, last week was week one of their OT, OTAs. Um, and I just kind of want to throw it out and get some general observations. I know you guys were out there every day during, or at least Wednesday during practice. Um, and so <laughs> and so I wanted to get an idea from you guys of some of the things uh, that you saw while you were out there, just to give our fans a little bit of a, of a taste of what kind of stuff you can see while they have on shorts and t-shirts. Let's start with you, Nick. Uh, I think that the Kellen Moore era here for the offensive coordinator, I thought that was it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out when you wait till the games come and, and, and really get to see what kind of plays that he's uh, calling. But I think from the first indication here at practice that you're going to see some differences here. You're going to see the way that the plays are. Uh, and Dak kind of alluded to this. Is the plays will be the same. How they get there will be different. And, and they'll dress it up. You'll see some little bit more of these reverses. I think what you saw in the Rams game at the end, the way the Rams, what they were doing with a lot of their motion, um, jet sweeps, fake jet sweeps. You'll see some of, yeah, you'll yeah. see some of that. Uh, that was the first thing that kind of um, that kind of popped out to me, just seeing how these guys are moving around a little bit different before the play. I agree with that, and it, it's definitely noticeable. You know, yeah, I don't think they're going to overhaul this playbook, but I think you know uh, the personnel they use, the way they move it around, pre-snap motion. I know we've beaten into the ground, but it is something that we saw at practice last week. It seems like it's something Kellen Moore wants to implement. I don't, I don't want to get too excited about it just because it's May, and I, I want to, you know. I feel like they did that stuff at training camp last year and then it disappeared when the season started, which is, you know, I don't, I don't want to get just absolutely psyched about that until I kind of see it in a more real environment. For me, I just like seeing the lineup combinations at this time of year. You know, Connor Williams played left tackle last week, um, which, you know, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins and Cam Fleming all sat out of practice. So that's a pretty huge caveat. You know, it's not like he was basically all the other tackles are gone. True, yeah. but there's eight other guys they could have asked to play tackle instead. It, it was of, really unexpected. Like, yeah, that's no, something I mean, that you don't expect the Cowboys to show the media. We it's are, not a big deal, but still, it was surprising. It's not a big deal, but it's not not a deal. You know, know what I mean? Yeah. You like, sure? Yeah. 
he's their starting left guard. He, you know, and and he, you know, he he was solid as a rookie, but he wasn't amazing. Uh, so you would think he needs all the reps he can get at the position you want him to play. And then a month after they draft Connor McGovern, and we're like, what does this mean for for Connor Williams' future? They got him playing tackle. And, and again, I know all the other tackles were out, but they could have asked an undraft. I mean, uh, Jake Campos was playing right tackle. He's not going to make this team. No offense, Jake, but they got a guy that's going to make this team playing left tackle. Yeah, right. And, but, I, and but this is the day, uh, at that point, it was day two of installation. Uh, that's what these OTAs are. They're installing the offense. So to put a guy out there and, and to say, this is where you're going to play, like, yeah, we need some of these, we need uh, someone to play left tackle, but this is where you install the offense. So if he's going to be your starting left guard, which he which he will be, I still think that they use that time to get him some snaps at tackle. And then, the, sorry, but the fun thing is you see that at practice, and then you go into the locker room and you can talk to Connor himself. And he's like, yeah, this is the first reps I've gotten at tackle since I was in college. So, like, you know, maybe it isn't a big deal if he's like, well, yeah, I did this for scout team all the time last year. Or, you know, I did this at times in the spring last year, too. Like, no, this is the first time they've ever asked him to do that. Yeah. And I don't care who was sitting out. That's significant. Yeah, I get that. I, I guess the way I looked at it when I when I heard about it was I think there's kind of a now component to that and a future component to that. I think the now That's... component is that of all the guys you said they could have asked to do it. Like you said, those guys are not going to be here. So the likelihood that Connor has to play tackle as opposed to any of those other guys is still much higher that Connor will get the opportunity than they will in the event they lost all those tackles, right? So if you're going to throw somebody out there to learn the position, right. put somebody out there that's going to actually be here. Now, but you don't do that unless in the future you're thinking, hey, you know, it would be nice to get him some reps because there may be an opportunity next year possibly for him to play some tackle. So I, I think there, I think it says something about maybe what they think for the future. Obviously doesn't make a lot, whole big difference right now, but I don't Not. think any of us are surprised by the fact that in the future they think he could possibly play tackle for them. But again, no, no one's surprised or surprised that they admit that it. They He's been admit saying it for a year that yeah. this, that don't be surprised when this happens, and then they're going to tell you, oh, we're all along, and here it is. This is happening. This is yeah. exactly what Dave said a year ago. Maybe not a year ago, six but like months. six months ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what was that? What was that? I didn't hear. The that. other thing, you know, don't get that? don't get me in trouble because yeah. we only get to watch one of these, and I did not. I was not at Tuesday or Thursday's <laughs> OTA. Jerry, Stephen, if you happen to be listening, yeah. How would Jason? You ever, this how would you ever see those? We only see Wednesday. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But they. But so the point. There's two practices that they. The media is not there. So they had two practices to work Connor at tackle if they didn't want people to know. And they were like, ah, whatever. We'll just we'll play him here on Wednesday. Who cares? So I do think that is somewhat significant. I'm kind of glad that they did that, though. You know, you're right. Most of the times in, in this organization, typically that's the kind of thing they don't want to put out there because it gets right. a lot of questions. But it is the thing that if, you, if you're thinking about it, why not give him, especially when all those other guys are out, why not give him a shot to kind of just see a little bit, let him have an opportunity to, to see what it's like, to, to start getting familiar with what his responsibilities are. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because you also can see, hey, do we think this is actually going to work? Uh, and if any opportunity you get to see if it's going to work before you get to the chance where you have to throw him in, it's a good thing. I would love it if he is, you know, and Tyron, you know, Tyron is going to have vet days from now until the end of time now and at training camp. You know, he's missed at least two games each of the last three years. So it's a decent bet he'll miss time in the regular season, too. I hope he doesn't, but history indicates that he might. So 
I hope this continues. I hope this isn't just a May thing. You know, I hope if Tyron is off on a Thursday at training camp, you know, I hope that it, they find a way for that to mean Connor can play some tackle. But if Cam is healthy, you kind of want Cam to have those opportunities because it, once it gets That's to fine. the season, he's going to be the guy's out there so if Tyron's not there. He can be the second team left tackle or something. You know, yeah. I'm just saying. I, I think it would be smart. Just give him some opportunity. Yep. I see. All right, let's uh, let's get some more observations. What were some other things that you guys may have noticed? Amber, is there anything that you that stood out to you? Well, by default, the way these practices are structured, usually the the wide receiver and like the running backs are the ones who stand who tend to stand out the most. One that caught my eye was Tony Pollard, who obviously he's a guy that we've been talking about after uh, since the draft, but. I even know his number at the moment, and then I saw a guy, I'm like, oh, wow, who's that? And then, oh, that's Tony. So it's noticeable the kind of speed that he has, the way he breaks. I like his awareness on the field. Again, these are light practices, but still, just being to, able to see a guy stand out among the crowd, it was still it was still good. Another thing that I was talking to, to Dave and Brian that I, I wasn't thinking about was the kicker and, like, the realization of – man, they have not brought a kicker in yet. Probably will happen at training camp, but that's another thing that we will tend to forget it? a little bit. I don't I, I don't know. They should. You know, Nick and Why I actually, I, I asked Nick this question, and it was kind of tongue-in-cheek during practice last week. Um, I said, uh, what's, the, what's the chances that the Cowboys midseason have a different kicker than they have right now? And we both kind of just looked at each other, and I don't think either one of us were really convicted that they'll have the same kicker. Because he was so inconsistent last year. We know he has a big leg, but there were some misses that were just inexplicable. I mean, how many bad games does... Who's the best kicker in the league? Tucker. Tucker. How many... Or Guskowski. Okay, Tucker. Tucker. How many bad games does Tucker have before he's cut? Depends on how bad they get. Uh, You know, like, he missed missed two in overtime. He's going to have to have have a season of just, like, unexplainable things that just happen. So, seven or eight. I mean, he's the best of all time. Seven or eight, you're like, oh, this is he doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. How many bad games does Maher have? One? Two in a a short span. or No, three in a short span of time. Like, three in a month or, you know, three in five weeks. I mean, I also wonder what you call a bad game because there was some games when he came back and he came back and made some some kicks but then he missed some early whereas like 21 to 20 into the giants in week one he missed an extra point in the second quarter and a 44 yard field goal right so that's a story i thought you meant that happened last year i was like that didn't no no that's week one then week two he misses a 37 yarder off the post in the press box it's like okay Available kicker, yeah. Everyone's starting <laughs> to talk about it. So I, three seems like a lot. If yeah. he if he started the season with two bad games, he's cut. I just feel like it's yeah. It's been a while since y'all were probably at this stage in your life, but like, did you ever have like a beater car, like just a, a beater car, like a piece of crap car, like oh yeah, and like it was a piece of crap, but you loved it, you know, yeah, and like uh, other people might be like, man. <laughs> Is that what you're saying about Maher? I'm not saying Maher's a piece of crap. Was my well, yeah, yeah, what are we saying? <laughs> you, I'm He's saying, crap, but the Cowboys love him. You, right, no, right. you probably loved that car a lot more than like your friends did, right? Like you had, you I would know, say so. He's like, it's going to get me where I need to go. Sometimes. And, well, I mean, there you, you go. Know, so that was the point of it. But like, the point is, get there sometimes. You loved it more than other people did, and I don't want to call Brett Maher a piece of crap. That's not my point. But I think, 
the, that's certainly what it sounded the like. The Cowboys to me. like him and feel loyal to him a lot more than people outside the organization. Okay, but that's that, my why? The, right. Why but, would they have why, a sense of loyalty? Why this has not been the car mm-hmm. that's like taking them to I the prom they had and all that stuff with Dan Bailey. Exactly. And yeah. they, didn't have, they didn't have loyalty to him. How? What makes you think they got loyalty to Maher? I just all signs point toward like they. I mean, a guy would be here right now. Like it's. And this is in my six years of doing this, like they don't just add a kicker a week before they leave. Like they do that right after the draft. Like he would be here mm. being part of this. So, I, so your thought is I because think, there's nobody here, you think in their minds, Maher is their guy. I, they are I, sold. Which, he's to their Nick's guy. point and to your point too, like only until he's not. Like, you know, they got rid of Dan Bailey. <laughs> that could change like, in yeah. a week. Their <laughs> attitude going into training camp is not like, we need to do something about this. Well, right. it, it just doesn't make any sense. That is a position that we talked about or was talked about last year. Why would you not add some kind of competition just for the sake of it? Why? Honestly, the, though, I really believe, especially a kicker that's been in the CFL and has bounced around like he has, I think those kickers think that they're competing all the time. They, I mean, even even if they're not, even if there's not another kicker, they know that if they miss in practice, that that Will McClay's got 14 kickers on a list that he knows who can get. That's a good point. So I, I I think I think they all yeah. It's one thing to look over your shoulder and see another guy. He made it in practice, and all the teammates. But they know if they struggle that there there's a hook there. Yeah, that's probably more than any other position. Yeah, that you don't have to learn the playbook. Repla- I should say easily replaceable, but yeah. it's it seems like they're easily replaceable from the standpoint that you can always get them out and bring in another guy. Yeah. like there's not there's not like you said the best kicker in the league right now. If he has half a season worth of bad kicks, he's probably there's- out. Think about the kicker in Minnesota. He for a long time was the was the best guy in the league. What's his name? Walsh. Wal- Blair. Yeah, Blair Walsh. He was he was I'm say I the mean, kicker in Minnesota Stan Bailey. No, no, I'm no. saying he was, the, he was a money kicker for them for a long time, and then all of a sudden in one season it just started going. It started the end of one season, and then it carried into the next season, and then that was. Are you like, talking about Dan Bailey again? Because that's <laughs> it's the same thing as Dan. But my point is that's kickers in the NFL. Yeah, you have it until you don't. Yeah, it's the story of every kicker except for like Vinatieri and um, Janikowski. Yeah. Like those are the only two that have really defied that. And Janikowski still, I mean, he didn't retire with his first team, so yeah. And Vin, neither did Vinatieri. Well, I mean, he, he had, left on purpose, though. He didn't get cut. It was like, money, right? He, yeah, he had a better offer. I don't remember how that. I, I felt like he had a, a stretch there where he kind of he left in free struggled. agency to join the Colts, yeah. and it was like that's the first time that's like, oh my god, we got this kicker. Like that he, has, he didn't retire this year, did he? No. He's still, still kicking. Still going. Jesus. First ballot Hall of Famer. Don't wow. at me. Do not at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh let's take our first break when we come back. I want to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. He's found himself in a little bit of a uh issue here with the league. Uh reports are that maybe the league's going to take a look at an incident that happened in Las Vegas. I want to ask these guys, how concerned are you that the Cowboys may be facing some problems? Uh, with this situation. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeardealer.com slash football. 
Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. The excitement of Dallas Cowboys football is back at AT&T Stadium. The place is going crazy in Arlington, Texas. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys live when they host their NFC East rivals, the Eagles, Giants, and Redskins, plus the Green Bay Packers and more. Elliott works his way through and walks the dog. Single game tickets are on sale now. Get them before they're gone. First and goal, quarterback sneak. Prescott pushes up the middle. Touchdown. Visit DallasCowboys.com to get your tickets to today back to the break welcome back it is the second segment of the break live from the swbc morgan studios at the star uh we're talking some cowboys football here and we're going to talk a little bit about ezekiel elliott um what was this uh, i think the report came out was that last week when the report, report came monday out monday last week yeah um and uh basically there was video of an incident that happened in las vegas uh while ezekiel was there and uh on the video um there was uh, I don't know if it was a, a – it certainly wasn't a physical altercation, I don't think. Uh, there was kind of a little bowing up between him and another guy, and I guess that was security. Um, and the incident, uh, police handcuffed him, but he was not arrested, supposedly just detained, and and nothing ever came of it from a legal standpoint. Um, but here's the, the issue. We all go back to 2017, um, and when, when Zeke had the issue with the NFL regarding – uh, the issue of uh, or the allegations around domestic violence. Um, the NFL had an investigation that they did. They had a person who was charged with doing the investigation. That person came to the conclusion that there should be no punishment because there were too many inconsistencies in the whole story. Despite that, Roger Goodell and the people in charge at the NFL made the decision that Zeke should face a six-game suspension. He ultimately served that suspension. That all being said... And knowing that because of that, he now is in a situation where he's under increased scrutiny from the NFL, um, and any infraction is reviewable by the NFL and can lead to punishment. How concerned are you guys that this particular situation, even though he was not arrested, can end up being a problem for Zeke and for the Cowboys? I'm not concerned. I don't think he'll be suspended. I don't. I don't think it. um, That's not a penalty on the football field. What he did is not a penalty. I don't think you can call that any kind of incident. I mean, yeah, it's an incident because it got re- reported on tape, but you you can't get suspended for that. I just don't believe it. I don't believe that's going to happen. One, one thing to note is, um, and I was reading the report yesterday, yeah. um, a, a journalist for, for Yahoo Sports. Charles Robinson. Was breaking down the, the kind of the, the things that the league told Zeke at the time in 2017 after he had been suspended. And one of the things that, that stuck out to me was it said – um, it is not just we're not just worried about violence. We are worried about even threats of violence. 
And that's what made me start to think, can the league, again, in a situation where we know the league, when it comes to Zeke, it seems like they just got a thing for him. And that being said, do they construe what they saw there on that tape as a threat of violence um, that could then, once again, give them license? Because, again, they don't need license from anybody else other than themselves to say, we think there's an infraction here. And because of that, we're giving you a suspension. I I mean— all due respect to your opinion, like, I don't know how you can sit here and just say, no, there's no chance. I didn't say there's no chance. Or you said you don't think it'll happen. That's two different things. I, I mean, there's a chance because you have the, you have the guy in the office up there that... Right, that, and yeah, that's... It should be it should be concerning, and, like, that that should hang over everything else. And it, I don't agree with it. You know, like, what happened with the security guard, I mean, come on, get out of here. Yeah, it wasn't... A, right. But I didn't know Minor Ginobili was running security now. But I mean, seriously, at the same time, blocker charge is a flop. <laughs> security the, guards should not flop. At the same time, he's Ezekiel Elliott. It sucks for him. Like I, I mean, you know, he didn't do anything wrong that the video showed. You know, the pushing the guy over is not a great look. Seemed like he was arguing with who I think was his was girlfriend. Was it even a push? The guy fell like on, again. The guy fell on the ground, and it's not fair. But <laughs> what is an he, actor! Ezekiel Elliott is going to be held to a different standard. I'm sorry, yeah. I don't know what y'all want me to say. Yeah. Uh, and it, there's one guy that is really ultimately in charge of making that decision. And I think Charles Robinson made a really good point that maybe people don't want to hear, but. I don't know that Jerry Jones does the Cowboys any favors when he comes out and says, like, it's not a big deal. Like, this, this, you know, he's in good standing. He'll be okay. Because he said that last time. And I wonder if, like, maybe Roger Goodell is kind of like, well, you don't, Jerry, like, I'll make these decisions. Like, you don't ultimately decide what happens here. I'm, I'm the commissioner of the league. I know you're one of the most powerful owners in the league, but this is still up to me. And I think, I think stuff like that matters. So if I had to bet on it today... It doesn't seem like it should merit a suspension, but I can't in full confidence say it won't. I mean, as I said, I think we said this last week, um, the guy who's not going to do well in this scenario is Tyrone Crawford because I don't think that Zeke will get a suspension based off of that. But I think Tyrone Crawford will because what it's a similar. <laughs> you situation. think it'll be kind of? I mean, well, transference of. If yeah. you can sit here yeah. and say, "Well, you know, the guy flopped and all that stuff," then yeah, well, look at Tyrone. Yeah, not a whole lot of flopping going on in the video from he Panama fell City. For a reason. Yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, yeah, that's a little more of a scary situation. And yeah, I mean, I, that's a great point. You know what I, I wonder here, and I think you guys both are going to say like a big hell no to this, but. You know, and, and as a referee, if you if you threw a pass interference penalty and it was questionable and everyone's going crazy, you're probably going to get a makeup call the next play, next few plays. Is does Zeke going to get a makeup call here? Do you think <laughs> Roger Goodell thinks that no. he did something wrong? Because it only went to like 19 higher courts. No, he had he had every opportunity to make to make the decision that we all thought should have been made, um, and and that's because. He had, he had, and I, I really think the league, in a lot of instances, makes decisions based upon public perception and having cover for what they decide. I think in this instance, because they had a private investigation, because the the result of that private investigation was there should be no penalty, he had more than ample, and this is an independent person. This is yeah. not a person who is just like bound to the league. This is an independent person that made this recommendation and said nothing should happen. He had sufficient cover to be able to say, okay, 
either nothing or just because we had to go through all this, we're going to give you a game or two games, right? The fact is they gave him six games. That says to me that Roger Goodell doesn't really care about yeah. that, what it, you're saying. Like, he doesn't really care about trying to make up for so, anything. He, he ultimately was like, I think that this guy's a bad guy and I'm going to punish him. Okay, well, after that happened, you know, all Cowboy fans or other media members, whatever, they, you can find a, a similar situation. And it was the kicker for the Giants. I forgot his yeah. name. Uh, Brown? Josh Brown, maybe? Josh yes, Brown. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good, good you know, that, that was a lot of people were, were saying, hey, what about this? So, And it was blatant. Right. So that was very my, blatant. My point is, is that if he gets suspended again for this, how many forearm shoves that have been that have taken place somebody on camera some you know incident i mean the guy that just signed with the raiders i mean he seems like he's got a few things as well so i'm just saying he's gonna at some point goodell's gonna open himself up to and he already has a bunch of criticism if you if you do this again the, the, it could be really bad i just don't see it happening but it doesn't just seem don't, like he- doesn't seem like he cares about criticism because he's not getting only, a ton of criticism and he keeps making these kinds of decisions. Not only does he not care about criticism, like if the NFL cared about congruence in their decisions, then we would be. See, I mean, like right. they do whatever they it's want with very that. little yeah. rhyme or reason. To me, the video hurts that case because what he was going off of was look at this report we have. We know things that are happening, what, two years ago? We know things. There's things in this report you don't even know about. See, that's the stuff we, we would hear is that yeah. there's a lot to it. This, we all see it. He's not going to see anything that we didn't see unless there's another video that's that services. So I just – you can hide behind reports and 47-page reports that you don't know all the details that we know. But in this particular case, I, I just don't think – there's going to be anything extra to it. I guess my whole thing with this is just that um, I don't think that this, like Dave was saying, I think this is all over the map. There is no real rhyme or reason that that we can perceive mm-hmm. in a lot of the decisions. And because of that, you have a situation here where it, for me, if I'm a, if I'm thinking just as a Cowboys fan, I would be concerned because this is a wild card. And I know that they've suspended Zeke for six. They gave him a maximum penalty for what many people thought should not have been a penalty. And this is a situation where he's on camera. And again, the league and, and Roger Goodell aren't necessarily concerned about whether you're breaking the law. They're concerned about how it reflects on the NFL, how much time is being spent on it, talk being talked about on talk radio and being shown on television. And how much does that video get shown from TMZ across all the masses that affects what people think of NFL and NFL players. That's what they're way more concerned about. And that, for me, would be a bit concerning. I will say, it seems like this video, it seems like it's kind of faded into the backdrop. Like, we're not, I mean, obviously, like we are a Cowboys talk show. Of course, yeah. we're going to talk about it. But it doesn't seem like this is dominating the first takes of the world anymore. You know, like, so in that regard, maybe it's Did not Did that article this, come out yesterday? Yeah, it, this week. Yeah. I mean, I, the holiday kind of messed me up, right. but definitely this week. So, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised by anything. Which, and that's kind of that's the lesson that I took from the last one. Is I was pretty dead sure that that was going to blow over, and it turned into a six game suspension. Which I don't right. think, obviously, that would really be stunning. But 
I don't know. And and if I had to guess, this will play out like we won't we probably won't hear anything about Zeke or Tyrone until August. If I had to if I had to guess, does this at all change or how does it if if so change your opinion of Zeke and his level of maturity? Was there anything in that video that changed no. your thoughts there? No. And I think I'm really, yeah. really glad he did not even touch the girl to even grab her. Like, he would just stand in front of her and, like, block her just by him standing. Because had he just grabbed her arm or something, that would have blown up. Yeah. Yeah. And that would have been a total mess. So I'm really glad. And I, I, we, I think we can all agree on this. We have seen a tremendous difference from Ezekiel Elliott two years ago to the one that he is mm-hmm. now. So I don't think this changes anything. It does for me. Because um, not from what I oh because of the camp yeah that, that was, yeah and yeah, I said yeah. this last because week. of the what I'm sorry because of the, the camp. camp he had okay. the next day yeah I mean you you are nine hours removed from being on the field with in when you know from Dallas to Las Vegas you're in Las Vegas nine hours from now you're going to be uh, in Dallas um, with these kids that that paid a lot of money for for you to be there and and, and to give them your best and. You know, he's superhuman on the field, and so maybe he was absolutely at his best at noon, but I don't know. I I, I just... Is that really fair, though? Because I, okay. I, I like to put it in the context of myself. When I was a young man and, and out having a good time, like, I didn't think necessarily me going out tonight and having a great time had anything to do with my ability to get up the next day and do my job. And I know you and I, like, yeah. when we were young, when yeah. we could actually do it, at Kent Training Camp, we go out, we'd have a great time at night, and the next morning we were up and at you know up and at him at seven thirty, eight o'clock, ready right. to do work. Right? I w- I think there's an important difference there, and I I would never throw stones. I I said this on the show last week. Like I've been to work hungover so many times this in my week? career. Not this really? week. Not this week. Really? Yeah, I know. It's shocking, isn't it? It's it's absolutely shocking. What are we doing his review? <laughs> yeah, we need actually. It's soon. we need to yeah, talk about that. I need to do that little, soon. Yeah, but. There's a difference between, you know, if if you're rolling out of bed to go cover training camp practice and that's your job and maybe you had a few too many or like if we were doing a live episode of the break and people were paying to watch us and we were going to do a meet and greet like, hey, nice to meet you. Thanks for coming to our show. Hopefully I wouldn't come to that with a terrible hangover. You know, like people are paying so for your services. The, now, so let's go, let's go back to, to when we were in London and we were just kind of hanging out and we were enjoying London and we had shows every single day, and there were people that would never ever get a chance to interact with us. And were we were we giving them our best every every day? Hell yeah, it was one of the best weeks of my life. Right, but but we were enjoying the nightlife though, weren't the, we? Yeah, the, the, those okay, shows so were at like nine o'clock at night though. The, but, but okay, think, hold on. Here's the here's the difference between that because the people that we were working for <laughs> were the ones that were passing <laughs> the, all the drinks. Yeah, <laughs> again, and we don't know if he was. Drunk, right? Do we? Even no, know we that? don't. We no don't. And that's okay. kind no of the point too. It's, it's true. It's just that it would be the same if, if, like, if okay, three o'clock in the morning. We've all done it on a road trip. We've been in a hotel lobby at three o'clock in the morning because we don't have the same job to do. If we saw a player doing that, you know, obviously that is his craft. That's his profession. You'd like to think that he's not going to break curfew, but if for that moment here in May, that is his job. He's getting Absolutely. paid pretty good money to do that and be available. But, so the, the whole question you asked me was, does it does it change my perception for him and his maturity? A little bit because you opened yourself up for it to, to be there. And at 3 o'clock in the morning, you're, you're out. You're cutting it close. And 
I, I just think it's not that's not a good look for me. That part, right and that there. and that's the part I, I get when you say just from a standpoint of being self-aware, understanding right. the environment, understanding the people that are around you, understanding the cameras are there, understanding that okay. uh, it's probably not what Sal was saying. Nothing good happens after three o'clock in the morning, after two o'clock in the morning, whatever it is. I mean, yes, that's a matter of maturity, and maybe he's not at that point yet. But I don't know that I think that because he was out having a good time and he had something to do the next day that necessarily, in my opinion, changes my, my belief on his, on his maturity. It doesn't really affect my opinion just because it's it all fits with it all fits comfortably within the picture of who he is. And I, I do think he's grown up since he got in the league. But at the same time, he's still he's still similar to me in the sense that, you know, I feel like we ride this roller coaster where like in 2017, he was the devil, and that was never true. And then I don't want to point fingers, but in 2019, you can people are trying to push this narrative that he's like Saint Zeke now. Like, look at the amazing off season Zeke is having. He's he's feeding the homeless and doing like he's just the most wonderful. That's not true either. Like, neither one of these things is true. He's a 23 year old kid who has a big heart, loves to make kind gestures for people. He's an amazing And he team. probably was that guy back in 2017 from the yeah, standpoint of absolutely. just being, having a big heart, right? He, big heart. Teammates love him. He does nice things in the community. He's also 23 and likes the nightlife. That is well documented going back to Which, when, by the way, most 23-year-olds love the nightlife. Of course. Loves, you know, loves to have a good time. He can be kind of moody. He can be kind of grumpy. He can also be like the happiest dude I've ever seen. It just kind of depends on when you catch him. Like, Are you describing him or you? I, hey, well, maybe that's why we get <laughs> so, along. I don't know. It all fits within the picture of who he like. He's a pretty normal twenty three year old guy who happens to be awesome at football and rich and rich, rich, rich as hell. Yeah. I'll uh, say this: I, I think I, he need. I he. I think he needs to be a little more perceptive of just how big the spotlight on him is. But you know that'll come in time, hopefully. Yeah. Some of the clips I saw from the camp, he seemed. Pretty good yeah. interacting Seemed with the engaged. kids. Yeah. That that's where I would have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it right now, but I would have had he been like just grumpy and just standing there not really interacting with the kids. I think yeah. he, he was able to provide what the kids wanted and provide that experience for them. So it doesn't and really matter. I'll I'll point the finger back at myself because I do this with Brian all the time. You Brian Broadus loves to give me crap about like when I come in or what I what time I leave or what I was doing the night before and I'm like if I'm here and I do my job and I do it well why who's right. bus- like why is here it we go. business yeah, yeah. Right. and I think that's in everybody's life I think the point is if you can manage it like I don't I don't regulate your your employer should not regulate what you do in, in your off time but when you get to the office there been not, better not be lingering effects of what you did in your off time. So right. as long as you can and, and manage there, that, and there was though, because I'm sure he's still on his wrist. He's probably still had the hint. You know, but who cares? But that doesn't matter. If he who cares? If, what if do you he's mean? Still, who cares? If he's still capable, if he's still capable of giving those kids a great experience, he was not detained from the standpoint of still being there when he was supposed to be at the camp. Yeah. So if he shows up at the camp and he gives those kids his best, I don't think whatever happened last night really matters. Okay, so the que- so the question is is are, do do you think that you have any issues with his maturity and i say yeah because because right before the day of the camp and, you know and i i have kids you have kids and and, and if the camp leader sitting there and he's like well you, you know nine hours ago he was in handcuffs in, in las vegas maybe it was his fault maybe it wasn't but he was still there like you're still gonna raise questions and be like oh that wasn't the best decision 
wasn't the best decision. And does he where, where does he fly? Does he fly his own jet or does he does he do commercial? Because I know Shannon spent twelve hours in Vegas Shannon last Gross. week. Yeah, Shannon Gross, twelve hours back and forth, five hour delays here and there. Even if you're not in handcuffs, even if you're just doing great community work, that's cutting it close for a camp that you need to be there for. That's all I'm saying. So I, which so. Everything I just said, yeah, like, if you can handle it, good for you, this is America, all that good stuff. But, like, the truly mature decision might have been, like, hey, I got this thing on Sunday. I'll probably just kick it in Dallas, and And, Vegas will be there another weekend. And when I was 23 years old, I wasn't mature either. I don't even know if I am right now. So the the question (laughs) about being mature, like, does that really even matter? No, I don't think he's that mature, but I think he's one hell of a football player. He's still learning. He he has a good heart. The the same guy that's paying for a funeral for a a, a kid that was – was he murdered in, yes, in, in St. Louis? Shot, yeah. shot. Yeah, I mean, it's a terrible story. Uh, you know, that, that that's great. But that guy, still, it's okay that he likes to go out and have fun. Everyone does. I just don't, maybe what I'm trying to say is I don't even know if it matters that much. There, there's guys, I mean, Michael Irvin is one of the greatest players in Cowboys history. I don't know if he was mature at the end of his career. Yeah. It, it, it happens like that. They're not paying for him to, to be... They're paying for him to be a great football player, and that's what he is, and you know, he's going to have some issues that way. He sticks to what he is. Part of what they're paying for is the confidence that he will be available to them. That's true. And, that, and that's, I guess, where I come down on this is, as of right now, I don't think it's a big enough deal. I said I did a segment with Brian Broaddus on TV last week where I was like, if the Cowboys are thrown off by this, then like how well do they really know their players? Because, right. like I said, it fits within the narrative of what we know about Ezekiel Elliott. So they should be the last people that are surprised. They might be yeah. disappointed. They shouldn't be surprised by it. Yeah. So you can be a quality person and still like to go kick it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and kicking yeah. it might mean you might be in the wrong place at the wrong time. So you this, might get into bad situations because you're not because you're we're somewhere that at that time of night bad things can tend to happen. But but there's a point in that video where you. You don't have to do that. You don't have to lower right. your shoulder on the guy and even make it. You don't have to go that that far. Do I think it's a serious thing? No, I don't. But I'm just saying he could have walked away from that. But that's also where I, I do think that my opinion may have changed to the better because I, I agree with Amber. I think there were moments in that video when it could have gotten a lot worse. And I think yeah. I think there was a certain level of restraint that he had in that video in a couple different situations where I'm not sure that a few years ago he would have had that same level of restraint. Now, is he where he needs to be? As a 46-year-old man, I'd probably make much different decisions than he would have made, but I'm also 46 years mm-hmm. old. And and that's the matter of getting older and being more mature. He can be more mature now than he was back then. That doesn't mean he's fully developed yet, right? Fair. I mean, that, that's that's fair. <laughs> that You said that. <laughs> I'm over this conversation. <laughs> okay. I'm done. It's, it's, I, I, I mean, you can... Like we've been arguing, you can argue both sides, and yeah. and it's just whatever. It is what it is. We'll see what the league does if they do something. But in the meantime, it's a which it's a tough conversation to have because yeah. it's it's not a black and white issue right. that you can just come down with a firm take on. Right, and that's what so many people want to do, and I refuse to. But yeah, so I mean, like yeah, I mean, just kind of play it by ear. It it doesn't really drastically changed my opinion of what I already knew about Ezekiel Elliott. It's something that he needs to continue to work on. I'd be surprised if he got suspended, but 
you can never say for sure. So let's take that to the other extreme then. We only have a few more minutes here because we got to leave a little early today at 1030 for Coach Garrett's press conference. We have to say see or no. We'll get to that next week. Um, but um, let's assume for a second that the, Cowboy, that the Cowboys do face uh, a potential uh, suspension with Zeke. How comfortable do you feel with the running back position right now, knowing that there's not a lot of experience there? You would have to, you know, let's assume that it's it, it happens at the beginning of the season and there are some games that he has to, to miss. How comfortable do you feel that rookies can immediately step in and be able to give you what you need uh, for those games? They're not going to replace Zeke. They're not good enough to replace Zeke. I don't know who in the league would. Right. Um, it's the one position where guys can plug in and be uh, more effective than, than others. And I, you drafted two. They're going to have to do it. I mean, I don't think you go. Maybe they would go and sign someone that's out there, but I don't think so. Tony Pollard, Mike Weber, yeah. Weber. Yeah. No, that the fact yeah, that doesn't <laughs> fact inspire like, a lot what? of confidence. What? What? It doesn't. You'll have to rely on your O line and yeah. hope that they can do as give the running back position as much help as they can and open some holes for the guy. But hard, I, mean, the, I got a, a hard disagree from me, guys. And, like, I don't feel good about it, but I, I have to go get somebody. Who? Alfred Morris, whatever, somebody that's done it. Somebody, I mean, Mike Weber, and, again, I, they were pumped about him. Maybe he's awesome. You know, he played at Ohio State. That, that counts for a lot. But Bo Scarborough played at Alabama, and people were high on him. He was drafted in the same range, and he didn't make this team. Uh, Darius Jackson has six carries to his name. Tony Pollard looks fast as hell. Very exciting. I'm not sure I want to lean on him to carry the load for an NFL team one game into his career. I even even if it's like an Alfred Morris, like I'm not saying it would be somebody that would inspire confidence, but I would I would try to go get someone. Even if you see a good preseason from one of these two guys. Darius Jackson looked freaking awesome in the preseason a couple of years ago. Philip Tanner looked pretty good, too. Yeah, they, but, you I know, mean, I, I honestly believe, though, if you look at kind of the way this team is constructed, number one, I think your offensive line sh- should be as good, at least, as they were last year. And I think they were pretty good running the ball. There were some deficiencies, particularly in the goal line areas. Um, I think that in what will be Dak's fourth season, my expectation is that this year he's going to take that next step. And especially if, if he's going to be your quarterback of the future, this is about the time you start seeing teams kind of make that transition to where they can have some games in a season, maybe not every game, but they can have some games in a season where they go into the game saying, we're going to put the ball in our quarterback's hands. And he's going to win this game for us. So you look at those things and you look at the fact that, again, running back is a position where when you talk about being able to come in the league and produce immediately, we see it all the time. They're players that come in this league, and especially when they got good offense around them, when they've got a good offensive line, they've got capable receivers, capable quarterback. We've seen running backs come in this league and immediately make an impact. I don't think this is the worst thing in the world, and I think a guy like Darius Jackson has been here. He's not a you know he's not a guy that's got a ton of of reps here, but he certainly has been here. And so I think between him and those two young guys, I think you got enough backs to where. You can make this thing go. Now, I'm also assuming that if he gets suspended, this is like a short-term yeah, it's thing. Be a right? game. Yeah. If it if it turns into a six game, which I don't think it will by any means. <laughs> yeah. But if it's a long-term thing, now you got a point. But yeah. if you're talking a couple games, I think yeah. you got what you need. You go with it and you see what happens. Let me ask the Cowboys historian here. When was the last time that a running back who wasn't a top one hundred pick did that for this team? As a rookie? Just well, period. But yeah, sure. As a rookie, would he be even better? Marion Barber. I was, was about to say Marion Barber, yeah. How long did it take him to do that? Actually, his rookie year, about week five <laughs> of right. his rookie year. No, Tony no. Pollard. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, but it was like week five. It wasn't like week one. And he was different because he 
was a barbarian. I mean, he could run, run over people, um, and and he had a great. Where role. was he picked? Um, he was yeah. he was in the fourth round. Fourth round. I would say, uh, you know, th- with there's two picks in the fourth round that year. One of them was Canty, another one was him. But I think he was the first one. Okay. But, All right, but in that range of of hundred. I, I mean, I under like I I get running back value there. You can find them all over the place. I know uh, Jordan Howard, Philip Lindsay. I get it. Mm. I haven't seen it happen for this team in the time I've been here. But that doesn't really matter for this team. I mean, if it happens around the NFL, then it can happen. Right? Well, but but what you have seen is you have seen a third round pick set the Cowboys record for most rushing yards in a season. You've also seen a guy that was at the end of his career and was pretty much washed up and with a 1 million a year salary finished third in the NFL in rushing in Darren McFadden. So you you've seen with this team You've seen this offensive you've line. You've seen this offensive yeah. line help elevate players to the best moments of their career. I'm a big show me guy. I'm not from Missouri, but like I'm not. And that's fair. I'm that's not fair. ready to sit here and say a seventh round pick and a fourth round pick can carry the load, even for like two games. Yeah, I, I'm just not as worried about it. I think that for all those things I said, I think this team has remember, enough other weapons to where I think they they can put those running backs and, in good positions to be able to be successful. And remember this: let's say you get Alfred Morris and Zeke comes back. Do you want Alfred Morris on your team? No, you just cut him. Right, you just cut him. But, but also the way the salary is, that his whole salary is guaranteed for that year, the whole yeah. year. If he's there week one, yep. How much? I mean, this dude's – I love Alfred Morris to death. How much do you think you're paying for him? I mean, well, Jer- but you're paying for nothing at that point. You Jer- sign him to – Have you met Jerry? A- like he doesn't like to – I mean, he doesn't like to give about money for business. nothing. Bad business. He signed that guy to a vet minimum contract. He plays – he's on the roster for two games – then you're that's fine okay we got to get out of here i'm so sorry great conversation appreciate you guys today we'll be back next week uh at this at the normal time i think the next week will be actually no it's going to be on thursday next week we'll give you more information check the website for more information until then for nick eatman dave hellman amber garcia i'm Derek eagleton this has been the break live on dallascowboys.com radio this has been a production of dallascowboys.com and the dallas cowboys football club how about this cowboys